Shalom, everybody. I'm Bill Cloud. And once again, we want to welcome you to our series that we call Hebrew Treasures, where we do word studies. And this time we are looking at the word Avar. And Avar is spelled Ein, Beit, or Veit, Resh. Avar. And Avar is a word that means to cross over. And the implication is you cross over to the other side. It also carries the connotation of moving from one situation or one state to another state or a different condition. A lot of times in Scripture we will see that this term is rendered as Passover, not to be confused with the Passover, the Pesach, when God passed over the homes with the, that had the blood upon the door, but to pass over from one place to another place, to pass over uh, from one geographical location to another geographical location. And so to kind of underscore the, the point here, we'll read in the book of Genesis the very first time that we see this word avar in the scriptures found in Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 and it says this, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over, and that term there is Ya'aver, Ya'aver, Yud Ein Beit Resh. There you can see the root word contained there in that Hebrew word. God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters subsided. And so again, we this is the first time that the, the term Aver, or Avar, excuse me, appears to cross over, in this time, uh, this time it's translated to pass over. So again, it means to go from one, uh, one place to another or from one condition to another. Now the next occurrence of this is great interest to us because it is going to speak of a man that we're gonna kind of follow through this word study, and that is the man named Avram before he becomes Avraham. And when we are introduced to him in Genesis chapter 12, we see that he is living in Ur of the Kazdin, which was ancient Babylonia. And of course, in Genesis chapter 12, God told Avram that he was to leave his country, leave his family, and leave his father's house. He was to leave, cross over, if you will, from one place to another place, to pass over from one condition to another condition. And so he comes out of ancient Babylonia, comes out of Ur, and he goes to a place that God is going to show him. And when he gets to the land of Canaan, what he has to do is to cross over the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. And so then in Genesis chapter 12, verse 6, it tells us, And Avram passed through, and that is Yahweh, and Yahweh is Yud, Ein, Beit, Resh, once again, and there is our root word. He passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, or Shechem, unto the plain of Moreh, and the, Can and the Canaanite was then in the land. And so we see that he passes through the land here in this passage. He's on his way to Shechem, but before he has, before he has opportunity to pass through the land, he has to first pass over the Jordan River. That's the idea behind the word avar. He came out of Ur, he passed over the Jordan River, and he came into the land that God had shown him. He's not only moving from one place geographically to another place geographically, but philosophically, 
um, mentally, emotionally. He's moving and crossing from one state to another. And that's why Avram became known as Avram Ha'ivri. And this passage of scripture is found in Genesis chapter 14. And and this has to to do with the four kings that came into the land of Canaan. Uh, They went to the region of the five cities of the plain. There was a battle there and Lot, Avram's nephew, was taken captive. And so it tells us in verse 12, and they took Lot, Avram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and they departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Avram the Hebrew. And that term there is Ha-Ivri, the Hebrew. He told Avram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite. And so here's what we want to see. The Hebrew word Ivri, which is Ayin Beit Resh Yud, is derived from the word Avar, to cross over. And so what is a Hebrew? Avram was a Hebrew not because of who his mother and father were necessarily. He was a Hebrew because he passed over from one place to another. He came from across the river into the land of Canaan. Now, I will say that there are people who believe that the term Hebrew or Ivri is traced back to the man that was called Eber or Ever, which, by the way, is spelled exactly the same way that our root word is, Avar. And uh, you can read about him in Genesis chapter 10. In other words, there are people who believe that Hebrew is, in fact, an ethnic term. But I believe, biblically speaking, Hebrew is not an ethnic term, at least not exclusively. I believe it's a term that identifies people of faith. Because Avram grew up in ancient Babylonia, in Ur of the Chazdim. His father, Terah, was, according to Jewish legend anyway, an idol maker. So he apparently didn't grow up in a household of faith. But one day he heard God speak to him, and he, motivated by faith, followed God, believed God, and did what God told him to do. And he crosses over from one place to another. He's identified as Ha'ivri, the Hebrew. And so again, biblically speaking, I'm of the opinion that Hebrew, more than an ethnic term, is a a term that is attributed to those who are of faith. It identifies those who are of faith. Those who, like Abraham, have crossed over from death unto life. And more importantly, those who, like Abraham, have believed in the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so again, this man is called out of a place that he was familiar with, Babylon, we could put it that way, And he's told to go on a journey to a land that he didn't even know. In fact, he didn't know where he was going initially. And so it takes a great deal of faith to leave what you know, to leave your country, your family, your father's house, and to go to some place that you don't know. So it wasn't his ancestry that provoked him to cross over. It was his faith in God, in the creator of all things. That's what provoked him to cross over from one place to another place, from one state of mind to another state of mind. And so he was moved to a different location, uh, or from a a location to a different location. And even though he left idolaters in Babylon, interestingly enough, God brings him to a place that he's still surrounded by idolaters. And so 
Why is that? Here's my view. God has plans for this land. And so he takes someone out of Babylon and he, using them as a seed, if you will, plants them in the land of Canaan. And that's interesting because a derivative of the word avar actually means to impregnate. Another derivative of the word avar, spelled identically uh, as, the, as the word to impregnate, is the word pronounced uver, and it is an embryo. So if you take the word ayin betresh, the root word, to cross over, from that we get a word that means to impregnate. In fact, a, an example of that is found in Job 21 verse 10. And yet another derivative of the same root word means an embryo. And so that kind of underscores my belief that avad, to cross over, is more than an ethnic term. It's a term that identifies people of faith, or let's put it this way, those who have been impregnated by the Word of God, which we know is a seed. In fact, it's an incorruptible seed, and that incorruptible seed is the Messiah. So if we view this word avar as being emblematic of a seed, then when it's planted in good ground and it begins to take root, it eventually is going to produce its fruit because every seed is going to produce its fruit after its own kind. So those of us who have been born again were impregnated with the seed and now we are in our journey of coming out of Babylon, so to speak, going from what we've known, leaving country, family, father's house, so to speak, going to a place we've never been so that God can bring us into the fullness of what he's intended for us to be so that we might produce the fruit of this seed. And by the way, that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, where Avram is concerned once again, uh, in fact, let's look at his name in Genesis 12. Avram is Aleph, Bet, Resh, Mem. He's eventually going to become Avraham, and that is Aleph, Beit, Resh, He, Mem. And the only difference between the two spellings is in Avraham, we have the insertion of the letter He. And I, I say insertion on purpose because the letter He is emblematic of breath. And so it is to say that God breathed into Avram. Shall I say, he breathed into him the breath of life. And that's indicating, uh, indicating that God was transforming this man that came out of Babylon, who heard God, believed God, obeyed God. And now God is bringing him into the fullness of what he's intended him to be. In a sense, when God spoke to him, to leave this behind and go to a place that I will show you. In a sense, he impregnated him with the word of the Lord. And as he grew, as he matured, and sometimes stumbled and had to overcome things, he is going to ultimately become the man that God has called him to be. And the fruition of that, at least as I see it, is when God called him to the top of Mount Moriah to offer Isaac as a burnt offering. Because that's where we find that Abraham, according to the word of the Lord, would not withhold anything from God. Now I know that you're a, God that fear, a man that fears God and that you have not withheld your only son from me. And so let me put it to you this way. He was impregnated. Remember, avar can mean to, to impregnate. 
And even though at the beginning of a pregnancy we have an embryo, Uver, it is going to grow and it is going to mature. The, the, the embryo is not ready to be everything God has intended it to be. It has to go through the process. It has to mature. It has to grow. It has to get outside of the womb. And then it has to grow and mature even more. And so likewise, when Abram was impregnated with the Word of God in Ur, in Genesis 12, he wasn't ready to go to the top of Mount Moriah in Genesis 22 and offer up Isaac. He had to go through the process. But that process was always going to lead him to that place where God calls him up to the top of Mount Moriah. Likewise, you and I, when we were born again, at least as I see it, we were impregnated with that incorruptible seed that is the Messiah, and we became Hebrew. Not Jewish, not Messianic, not Christian even. We became Hebrew. And I'm again wanting to stress not using it as an ethnic term, but using it as a term that identifies people of faith. We crossed over from death unto life. We crossed over from curses to blessing. As such, Paul said that if we are in the Messiah, then we are the seed of Abraham. And if we are the children of Abraham, Yeshua says that we are to do the works of Abraham, which means that we have to be willing like he was, to leave country, family, father's house. In other words, everything behind in order to come into the fullness of what God has called us to be. In other words, to face our Mount Moriah, to come to that place when God gives us the opportunity to demonstrate whether or not we're going to hold anything back from him. Now, let's look at a couple of family words uh, related to the word avar. And the first one is spelled Aleph Beit Resh, and it's pronounced Avar. And one of the derivatives of this root term is Aver, spelled the same way, and it means a limb, it means a member, it means an organ. And so these terms, a member, you know, like an arm or a, a leg, uh, an organ, something very crucial to life, uh, a limb, you know, my arm is a limb, legs are a limb, that kind of thing. And those terms are related to the idea behind the root word, which means to become or to be strong. Now, as people of faith, it reminds me that we are all members of this one body that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. We're all limbs and branches, part of this family tree that Paul speaks of in Romans 11. And when we are in our proper place, when we take the place that we're supposed to be, we fulfill our role, we're functioning in our purpose, and everybody's doing that collectively, then the family tree is strong and, and the purposes of God are made strong when we are all coming together doing what we're supposed to be doing. And the things that we're supposed to be doing, according to the Messiah, are the works of Abraham, following the example, coming out of Babylon, leaving that all behind, going to a place that God will show us, going through the process, learning from our mistakes, so that when God calls us to the top of Mount Moriah, well, we're ready to go and to demonstrate. There's nothing that we would withhold from him. So again, a limb, an organ, um, a member, it's 
related to the idea of crossing over. Because when we cross over from death into life, the whole idea here is to find out what it is the Creator wants us to do and where He wants us to fit in. Whether we, if you look at it in the context of the tabernacle, whether we're a hook or a beam or a bar, a screen, a veil, veil, whatever the case may be. When we cross over, when we're born again, and we begin the process of becoming Hebrew, then we also are going to take our place that, and become that member, that limb in God's overall plan for His people. Now, there's another uh, cognate word or family word here that means to soar. It's pronounced ever, and it's, it's also spelled Aleph Bet Resh. And it means to soar as in the idea of an eagle soaring in the heavens. Uh, an example is in Job chapter 39. And so that brings to mind the passages that we see in the book of Exodus where God says, I bore you unto myself upon eagles' wings. What was he doing? He was calling the people. He was calling them out of Egypt. They had to pass through the Red Sea. They had to cross over from death unto life, from the curse of bondage unto the life of being liberated and redeemed people. Uh, the idea of soaring also brings to mind what Isaiah speaks of, that they who wait upon the Lord shall mount up with eagle's wings. So another interesting connection there, when we pass over, when we cross from death into life, then we have opportunity to come to the mountain, so to speak. We have the opportunity to mount up as with eagle's wings, to soar. And while we're in the bondage of our past life, when we're under the curses, we can't do that. So we have to cross over in order to do that. Another family word is spelled ayin vav oresh, and it's pronounced ur, and it means to awaken to rouse oneself. And the implication here is that you awaken and you rouse yourself to do something. Don't just stand around, don't just lay around. Get up and do something. And I would add to that, do what you're supposed to do. Be alert, be sober. We're not to be given to wine and we're not just talking in uh, a literal sense, you know, to, given to wine unto drunkenness, but spiritually speaking. We're not to be as the drunken. We're not to be lazy. We're not to be <clears throat> unconscious. We need to be sober and alert to what is going on in the world, what is going on in our lives, so that we can function in our purpose, so that we can do the works of Abraham. Because as Hebrews, and once again, I'm going to underscore, we're not speaking in terms of ethnicities here. We're speaking in terms of people of faith, people who have been born again of that incorruptible seed. We've been impregnated. That embryo is growing and maturing. And as we grow and mature, we understand that our faith requires us to hear the Word of God, and our faith requires us to do the Word of God. Abraham, the first Hebrew, heard God, he heard what he said, and then he did what God said to do. He obeyed him. And because he believed God, it was imputed unto him as being righteousness. In fact, God says of Abraham that he will teach his children. I know that he's going to teach his children my commandments. And so that is to say 
that those of us who are the seed of Abraham, we are looking to Abraham as a spiritual father. We're walking in his footsteps, so to speak. Ultimately, yes, we're following the Messiah. But as heirs of the promise, being the seed of Abraham, we're looking at the example that God gave us in Abraham to follow suit. And so then when God says of Abraham, I know he's going to teach his children my commandments, I would suggest to you that the children being referred to there are not just his literal descendants and his immediate family, but that his life and his example continues to teach his children. If we're the children of Abraham, then we're going to do the works of Abraham. So now let's bring it back to the, the word avar, a root word that means to cross over or to pass over. And I've said this several times already, but I want to make sure that I say it enough that you, you understand what I'm trying to get across here. I, I don't believe that Hebrew, or to be identified as Hebrew, those people who are seeking to understand the Hebrew roots of their faith, I don't believe this has anything to do with ethnicities. I don't believe this has to do with bloodlines. Again, Abraham's father and mother are not what provoked him to cross over from death unto life, but it was the word of the Lord, and he believed the word of the Lord, and so he was motivated by faith. Likewise, those of us who are born again, have heard the word of the Lord, have been born again of that incorruptible seed, are to be motivated by faith. And we are, I believe, my whole heart, are Hebrew in that sense because we were impregnated. And so within us, that seed, it takes root and it begins to grow and to do what it was designed to do. And what was that? To transform us into the image of the Son of God, to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. And so that means to me, not to make us more Christian or more Jewish or not even more Messianic, but to make us Hebrew, people who have passed over from death unto life. And as we continue to grow, we are going to be identified as members of this one body with Messiah at the head. We're going to be those branches and that family tree that are there to do something, to work, to do the works of Abraham and to produce fruit. By the way, it's singular fruit because if you know what the fruit is, then you know what the seed is that rendered it. And so then, if you have crossed over, then let's continue on our journey and let's produce that fruit. So. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope that you've enjoyed this word study. Avar, to cross over, to pass over. We'll see you next time. Like what you're hearing? Become a Bill Cloud Premium Partner to watch or listen to hundreds of hours of teachings and resources on demand. Go to BillCloud.com slash subscribe to start watching today.